Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Storyboard. I am here with a special guest today, Drew Stewart of the Com Department here at Marion. Hey, what's up, Jeff? What's up? How's your day been? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. You know, I'm excited to be here and talk with you today. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So today, I just wanted to talk about like some of your experiences with anime and like how you've seen it like left an impact in the Black community and how the future of that might look, considering how now that it's more popular than ever. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Um, uh, I can tell you some of my like earliest exposure to anime and manga um, when I was like in elementary school. Okay, uh, I had an uncle who was. Uh, 15, 16 years old, and he was uh, working in the movie theater uh, uh, close by to where we lived. Um, and it was like, weirdly enough, this uh, really nice movie theater where they would show all different kinds of like films and and would put all different kinds of things to show on the screen that wouldn't maybe normally play for American audiences. And this is like in Nashville, Tennessee in like the 90s. It was really, really weird that this thing existed. And so a part of what came through was some anime. And my uncle was a part of a generation of people, even though he didn't know it was happening in different places across the country, where he was seeing things that were... Um, uh, subbed films would copy them um, uh, and then uh, turn them into VHSs and then hand out those VHSs to people, right? Uh, uh, so they could see things like like Ninja Scroll, like Akira. Um, and and I hope you hear me saying this. Like these are things I'm watching in elementary school. <laughs> like <laughs> like these are <laughs> Ninja Scroll, Akira. Um, uh, 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 if you know one from like, you know, I actually need to look up from when this when this was out. But it was also this show called Slayers. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 Slayers. Um, uh, of course, Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon was definitely a part of that. And then Dragon Ball, the like nine, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, uh, OG uh, uh, 80s like Dragon Ball with Kid Goku. So, so that's like a lot of my early exposure to it. And it was all from my uncle who was just showing me all of this stuff. And I, you know, just glommed onto it, you know, as a kid. And and I didn't really differentiate it from other cartoons that I was watching at the time. Um, other than there was, like, some more obvious, like, adult parts that I really needed explained to me. And my uncle also explained those things <laughs> to me, <laughs> which is also insane. <laughs> Shout out to you, Dre. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that really is my initial exposure to... Uh, uh, so much of of anime where I wasn't watching it in English. I was watching stuff that was like sent to American movie theaters and uh, copied onto VHSs. And then like, yeah, some of those early favorites, you know, uh, uh, Sailor Moon, uh, uh, Dragon Ball. Oh, also Ranma One Half. I have to give a shout out to Ranma One Half. My uncle was really into it, and so we had tons of Ranma One Half content. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost left that out. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Rumiko Takahashi for creating Ranma. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And so with that, how have you seen like perceptions of it change over time? Whether it's from like your own experiences or from like the internet or people around you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, like, the classic version of it is like, wow, this is super nerdy. And that is so true, right? Like, right. Like, even though today it has much wider popularity and acceptance, especially when you're looking at the big names, you know, your Naruto, your, your One Piece. I mean, Dragon Ball Z, obviously, as well. Um, uh, when I was, you know, like elementary going into middle school i think the biggest bridge for a lot of people was pokemon um because pokemon did not read i think necessarily like anime for people it read as like monsters you know what i mean right and so and so i i think there there was a lot of accessibility but even then some like we had been getting 
dubbed cartoons that were Japanese or dubbed shows. So like we were getting exposed to Power Rangers and Transformers and stuff like that, even though we did not know at the time it was Japanese. So we were getting used to all these styles of animation and action and, you know, all of this stuff that were non-American, but just had the English dubbing over it. And we knew nothing of the difference. So by the time uh, like Toonami comes around and Toonami is the real like breakthrough flagship. You can go to television at a set time or you can go to your TV at a set time and watch these shows for sure that will be on. And so like it gave a lot of love and, and uh, credence to anime in that way. Um, that like, like Pokemon was a bridge some of that earlier stuff, Power Rangers, whatever, like was was kind of like tricking us into liking these forms already, <laughs> you know. And then, uh, 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 um, uh, yeah, once you get to Toonami, oh my gosh, man! Like it was the thing that people came back and talked about, uh, uh, middle school, high school, whatever. And then I also noticed at that time it was such interesting programming. Uh, uh, where they were also showing like music videos and stuff like that during the time that it was more than just like the quote unquote nerdy people getting into it. So I think like you, you know, you take a look at some of that early stuff, like that's a lot of the breadcrumbs that got us to the point that we are now. And so it went from being a thing that I think was like specialized, very nerdy. I don't think, I don't know if people, it wasn't my experience that I got like, bullied for it but i definitely got like poked at you know like right. made fun out you know uh 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 whatever like that for it um i'm curious though can i can i ask you that same question like yeah. like what did you kind of start with and then like what are your perceptions of it to where it is now hmm. for me i kind of start with like an old vhs of fully coolie that a cousin of mine had and so after watching that for the first time i had like the answer to it that everyone else had after a first viewing which is like i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> that yeah but it's spicy <laughs> like for years i had me wondering like did i like it <laughs> and so the main exposure for it came from like the second generation of tsunami that happened like while i was in elementary like while hogwarts houses instead of that we had like people going like are you a naruto one piece or a bleach fan yeah 100 yeah <laughs> yeah and even then it was like Finding out that there was, like, more anime outside of the usual, like, battle that stuff that you'd see. It was like, wow, okay. Because Toonami would come on from, like, midnight to 5 a.m. Like, I remember, like, staying up specifically to catch Inuyasha. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And, and even then, to this day, I still don't know, like, if it was worth it. It wasn't because every—I feel like there was just, like, a stretch of Inuyasha where, like, three-fourths through the episode— you knew that wind tunnel was coming. Like, it was just like, things are a little messy right now. <laughs> wind tunnel. <laughs> okay, that's going to get us to the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm with you, though. Because <laughs> I know what really had me, like, staying up for Toonami outside of that was when Yu Yu Hawk's show, they were doing reruns of it. Yeah. Yeah, because when, yeah, when I first started watching it, it was when Sensui actually arrived. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I learned about him before, like, the Dark Tournament act Ooh, ever happened. That's so late. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, uh, so then, is, is it correct, then, that you started with anime before manga? Right. Okay. So then, at what point did you make that switch? In manga, I mainly started during middle school because, surprisingly, the library had, like, a lot more of that than they would have American graphic novels. Oh, I wonder why that is. Yeah, I wonder that too, especially like during that early 2010s age. Yeah, like, like okay, like are you going to the Indianapolis City Libraries or like school library? Yeah, school library and also around like Indianapolis Library as well. Okay, okay. And they all just have more manga than, than graphic novels. Right. That's fascinating. Huh. Like it really is because... I know middle school, that was where I really started getting into, like, the big three stuff. Because, like, since mm -hmm. they had, like, everything of it that was out at the times. Plus, like, years before, people continuously hyped up Bleach. So I was like, okay, let's try it out. Yeah. And so I did that. And what they had up to by then was back when Aizen started attacking, like, Karakura Town. 
Oh, okay. So I was left at that cliffhanger, and then it was the whole, oh, gotcha. okay, so let's try out, like, Naruto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, um, uh, uh, I was, I was, like you, definitely in on Inuyasha for a good long time. Um, Bleach, the first go around, I was kind of in and out on it. I wasn't really sold on it. And then, like you just like you just said, Naruto came closely behind, and that's the one that got me <laughs> as far as like that second wave of all that tsunami stuff. Um, okay, so like where it is now, it kind of blows my mind how many different people include it in their fandom, right? Right. Um, it, it's just wild to me that uh, people have preferences of anime that they will watch and other things that they won't watch and that more people than not really do have name recognition for some of the larger pieces of anime which it certainly was not like that for a good long time again like i think pokemon is probably like the most enduring one from my earliest age up to this point as opposed to oh no i'm sorry pokemon and dragon ball right right like, like those, those are the most enduring ones uh, that I think just has like widespread notoriety that people will get moms, whoever, right? Like right. Uh, 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 kids, uh, you know, all age ranges. Um, uh, yeah, it, it blows my mind to see students wearing shirts of anime that I like really, really enjoy. It blows my mind to see so much anime merch and it looks good, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, Cause there was, there was like nothing, there was nothing. And if there was something out there, it probably wasn't super well produced or it was crazy expensive, right? Like right. you're buying it from a site that you're buying it in yen, right? So like you're converting <laughs> out of yen or you're buying it from a store in the mall where the markup is insane. It's insane for a t-shirt like that. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, like to, to see it go from there to be just as widely accessible as it is now, like I'll be teaching a class, Jeff, and no lie, there will be somebody out there with like, like one of the Naruto ninja headbands on around like their neck or something in the back <laughs> doing like hand signals and she and i'm just like we made it <laughs> <laughs> like i've never been that nerdy to where like i'm just in the back of a class having to hit the hand signals for <laughs> to satiate my adhd or whatever <laughs> but oh my gosh like i'm like wow this is amazing we really did it and again i gotta say like the diversity of it is amazing i think that's something that's always been so interesting and frankly kind of hard to identify when it comes to anime which is how many different people glom to this art form and how much it is translated globally because people really really love it um uh like and and then i don't know if you ever done this but like some translations in like other languages are better than the, like the Japanese or the American or the, or I'm sorry, English, uh, 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 or, you know, any other kind of version. So like Spanish, Sailor right. Moon, ooh, hits. It hits. Yeah, especially like the openings in other language too. Yeah, like, dog. I don't know what it is, but like, all I've, like every Spanish opening I've seen, it hits every time. The Jujutsu Kaisen uh, <laughs> in the season one Go listen to it in Spanish. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It really is. And with that, do you think, like, its popularity will continue to rise? And do you think what contributed to that popularity have been YouTubers like RDC World? Um, yeah. I Okay, okay. So to answer your first question, will it continue? Um, I think I... You and I will 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 see the art form not quite as at its peak as it is now. I fully believe there will be something else that sweeps in and takes it over. Plus, like you know, like I know, like the market is just saturated. Like there's just right. so much anime um, that getting around to all of it is kind of impossible. Well, I don't know. You you it feels like you kind of get around to all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best to. But, you know, you know, uh uh, uh it's still uh, uh an overwhelming task. Um 
So I do think that there will be some sort of like recession in the popularity, but it certainly won't go away. I think the fan base will always be here. I think it's pretty much solidified at this point. Uh, uh, and it's so popular, like we are obviously seeing American cartoons and American animators having to really step up their game to match a uh, uh, a mappa, you know, right? <laughs> like it's it's crazy. So, um, uh, so that's one. Like I think it's solidified, but I do think there will be a recession in popularity. But uh, uh, to get to your other question, um, I think. You know, again, like, I, I don't know why anime translates so much to different people, different places, different languages. I think for me, the reason why it hits for me and, and it sustainably has hit for me is because um, it is an art form that is uh, 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 constantly like when you think about animation really trying to push things, really trying to make things fascinating, whether it's like slice of life as a genre, whether it is, uh, 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 you know, straight up shonen, right. right? Uh, uh, whether it's sports, I really do think that if there is a new anime coming out and people are very interested in it, it's because the animation is good, good. Right. It's so crisp and it's trying to just like push things. So that, that's one element to it. Um, uh in terms of the story man i i honestly don't know like like it's uh, i mean maybe part of it is that there's a little something for everybody you know like yeah. if you do want slice of life anime and you really don't want action and all of that stuff like there's really something for you if you want to get into some deep creepy horror stuff there's there's stuff out there for you, right? Uh, 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 and then you know all, uh, anything else in between, whatever. So so perhaps the diversity is one element of it. I think to get to what you were talking about earlier, um, the reason why black culture and and American black culture specifically has has gotten into it. Oh man, I I actually think a little bit of it gets traced back to how black and Asian cultures have found appreciation of each other in America. Right. Um, uh, so like, 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 okay, I think you got to go back to black American culture, love of like Kung Fu and martial arts movies from like the seventies, you know, people were in love with Bruce Lee, right? Really right. saw Bruce Lee as a hero. And in many ways, Bruce Lee, you know, when you go back and watch his old movies, it is not a black story at all, but it has elements that you can definitely vibe with in terms of the black American journey, right? Right. Where in a lot of his movies, he's fighting oppressors and he's fighting invaders and he's doing stories where he's like a prodigal son where he like left and he left to go, uh, you know, grow himself and take care of himself. And then he comes back home to try to take care of his family. He finds a crisis and then he's like, I got to take care of all the stuff. I think a lot of that are pretty interesting ties to things that folks in black American culture can align with. And then on top of that, you know, uh, uh, he's like, he's, he's, uh, loud. Uh, you know, when he, when he is like, you know, punching, kicking, you know, like it's a right. release of emotion. And I think that that loud release of emotion can really resonate with like an oppressed people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like if you see him like straight up, dude, like if you see Bruce Lee, punching a 6'3 white guy who's like Swedish and is supposed to be good at martial arts in the face and he goes through like a screen door you're kind of like whoa <laughs> <laughs> and you know uh, 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 and he's like you know it's it, there, there was just like a lot of power so I think there is some tracing that has to go back to and, and a lot of credit and love that has to be given to uh, Bruce Lee also Bruce Lee did some really cool she at the time, uh, the movie Game of Death. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. Okay, right? Um, for those that don't know Game of Death, it is uh, uh, probably best known for two reasons. One, uh, uh, at the end of the movie, Bruce Lee has to go into a pagoda and he has to fight through multiple levels of bosses. And essentially, 
any video game, <laughs> almost any movie, whatever, has copied that story structure. And each boss has like a different specialty of how they fight and everything. Like that's literally uh, a game of death set up by by that storytelling. And then secondly, uh, it's Bruce Lee's last movie before he passed away. Um, but also in that movie, what's also well known is one of the bosses is the former basketball player Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And so, like, I think that's actually a pretty damn cool moment in the intersection of Asian American and Black American pop culture, like, love and crossover, where you're seeing Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, these two, like, champions of their culture at the time, facing off against each other, and and neither one are trying to be like the other. It's it's instead a, a true clash of styles. Uh, uh, and so I think that invitation and, and watching that fight is, a, is like, like pinpointed as a pretty significant moment in the intersection of the two cultures. Um, uh, and then from there on, man, like, like I, I, I just don't think you can undercut any kind of pop culture reference where you have black folks and Asian folks like intersecting and like intersecting in in a uh, 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 how do I say this non stereotypical adversarial way right right or 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 interacting in a way that is like positive right they're working together so I would even say this Jeff I would even argue this dude the Rush Hour movies yeah help out <laughs> you know like I know that leaves a couple of decades from Bruce Lee to that point but yeah man like. Like I, I, I think that there's breadcrumbs of Black American culture loving uh, 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 movies and products from China and from Japan, uh, uh, from Asia, and then bringing and blending those things into things that they appreciate because they see an alignment of those things like Wu-Tang Clan, especially, oh my gosh, uh, uh, are a huge, huge intersection point. So yeah, right. Like I, right. I, I, I think that for years, Black American culture and Asian American culture have loved many things about each other and have had uh, uh, a lot of appreciation of the pop side of each other. Um, but like anime, I think it's just like, how do I say this? The timing of it just like really allows folks to bring it out to the forefront. Right. I don't know. So anyway, what what about you though? What do you see about them kind of like working together, aligning, whatever? Hmm. Honestly, I see it, like, working together and aligning very well because, like, you can tell that even, like, a lot of products now, whether it's through, like, independent black animators coming out coming out nowadays, you can see, like, the influences from, like, different anime that they've watched. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, some of the stick fights on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, some black animators even then, like, take inspiration from those and, like, even Narmak as well. Who's, who made, like, the Spongebob and Scooby-Doo anime parodies. Right. And so seeing that, it's fun seeing, like, that appreciation as well. Especially, like, growing up and watching Samurai Champloo. Yeah. Because I'd say that's, like, definitely a big intersect of that, too. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Right? Like, Mugen is literally breakdancing. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And, well, like, okay. I even think if you go and look at, like, breakdancing, too, um... As as like a subset of like hip hop, it's so widely populated, obviously by Black folks, by Asian folks, definitely as well. Especially when we look at it like in America and a global scale, uh, uh, Latino, Puerto Rican audiences as well. Like I can't I can't exclude y'all because you're definitely a part of the breakdancing uh, 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 community and been a part of it since its foundation. But um, oh my gosh, man, like. I I could not agree more. Samurai Champloo is a part of that. I think Cowboy Bebop is a part right. of that because jazz, you know, is that element. Um, uh, uh, and and then even then, so man, just like as a side note, Japan's love of jazz, which is an American art form, birthed and largely made popular from you know black folks and the african-american experience like again man like it's just such an appreciation of of both sides um uh uh what else though like like is there a okay is there an anime in particular that you that you find that your generation gravitates to 
more or the most or just, you know, compared to others? Ooh, I guess a lot of that truly depends on like the taste of it. Because I know from around people my age, it's like a mix of both that classic and like new and like new type. Like I know like my cousin who's two years younger than me, he gravitates a lot more towards newer stuff. Mainly because like he didn't have like the nostalgic experiences of growing up with like the longer running anime. So stuff like Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, Chainsaw Man, mm-hmm. Tokyo Ghoul even. That's what he, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he usually gravitates towards. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, for me, I mainly gravitate towards like different types of genres. Like now I have like a newly appreciated love of slice of life anime because some of them can like hit when they really want to. Like sure. when they break out the mold, it's great. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Blue Giant is like Blue Giant is recently got a movie in Japan. Oh, yeah. And that one is about like a young Japanese jazz artist who actually does like come to America in order to learn jazz. And yeah, and a lot of that, you can feel the inspiration from it, too, because Mm -hmm. the creator of it definitely makes sure to like appreciate like all the black jazz legends and the music that's included in that as well. Yeah, man. So uh, there's definitely like like something there that has been there for a long time. Um, uh, 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 I I I think that there's uh, 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 another like little little nugget i want to throw out there that's not necessarily anime but is like right i think actually like a key point of intersection between like asian american culture and black american culture this movie is not high quality okay (laughs) and i would even venture to say there might be a little bit of racial insensitivity but in terms of an attempt by african-american black american culture to i think try to give some love and some reference to Asian American culture. Have you ever heard of a movie called the last dragon? It sounds familiar. Okay. Um, uh, it's, it stars this guy. His character's name is Bruce Leroy. Okay. And he lives in uh, uh, New York in Harlem. Right. And, and he's a practicing martial artist and he's known as a very like peaceful guy. Uh, pretty well liked, whatever, whatever. There is another guy named Shonuff, the Shogun of Harlem, who is basically running things in Harlem and is doing so through his martial arts abilities, which are considerably significant compared to everybody around him, right? So he's got like a crew of, of folks that are also doing martial arts that are like in his dojo. They're in like camo. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of amazing. Anyway, um, uh, 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 in that movie, Jeff... Um, Bruce Leroy, show enough, and I think you could feel this as a uh, 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 as an appreciator of anime, right? Basically, are uh, these these regular martial artists that can achieve what's called the glow, and the glow is like this outpouring of energy, and essentially, like while you're glowing, you're stronger, faster, smarter than whomever else is around you. Okay. And, and so in that way, it's very much set inside of a storyline about like achievement, you know, you're being set back by a short enemy. It's very tight knit. It's like a community story, right? Where Shonuff is like oppressing the neighborhood and the people around him and all that stuff are like big, it's like big fish, small pond kind of deal. Right. Right. And, and, uh, uh, Bruce Leroy has to go through a struggle of, you know, gaining enough power to get the glow to defeat Shonuff. And it is, it's painful to watch. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's painful, <laughs> it's painful to watch. But, but I think, I think if you were to ever watch it, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, uh, 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 you would get like, oh, okay, they were really, really trying to do something where it's like, um, the like the real intersection of like no black folks practice martial arts in the United States and we're gonna do a real martial arts like like almost almost like almost like Western style story <laughs> right but we're gonna set it in Harlem and we're gonna make sure that they glow and 
uh, not Prince, but like I think one of Prince's bands like did the whole soundtrack. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> so it's also though like unmistakably black. Most of the cast is black. It's set in a black neighborhood. All of that stuff. Uh, uh, I would recommend you or anybody. Give it like fifteen minutes, or 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 if there's like a comp on YouTube, watch the comp. You know, like that that would be amazing. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, okay, okay. I I I have a question for you. Sure. Um, where do you feel like um the the wave of anime that's coming out now that is created by black animators and black writers, um. Where do you feel like it's currently standing with the audience right now? Like the, you know, general general anime audience, not just the black audience. Right. When it comes to general anime audiences, I'd say it's still like a work in progress for them. Probably because like at this point in time, you could still call them like attempts. Like there hasn't really been like that one that's been able to like stand out on its own. And if there's like an opportunity for it to, it's like somehow near the end they make they somehow squander that opportunity. Mm. Like I know in particular, it feels in a way like some of them are trying to like replicate Afro Samurai. And I'd say like it's one of those things where it's still like the original is best, but you can still tell like everybody's trying to like pull from it in some way. Meanwhile, though, and I don't know the full like animation cast for it yet but i'd say the boondocks is probably is the one that came that comes the closest yeah i i would argue that as well man like like i think okay like you called out too afro and the boondocks those are probably the biggest black anime right now period yeah. right like like where it's uh, uh centralized around black characters um, even though Afro Samurai isn't strictly like black storytelling, right. Boondocks absolutely is. Um, uh, uh, there is like, or I'm sorry, uh, storytelling about strictly African American black stories, right? Uh, 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 but yeah, you're abs. I, I I could not agree more. Afro Samurai broke so many molds, dude. Like people were not ready. I was not ready. And I think, man, anytime I think about Afro Samurai, it actually takes me back to Ninja Scroll. Like the dark tones of it, the visceral nature of the animation, the like, frankly, like the 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 steady stream of violence, like the 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 feeling that Afro cannot stop, right? Like right. He, he 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 can never get a moment to break or rest or whatever, because even if he's not actively fighting, Ninja Ninja is in his head, like going crazy, right? right. <laughs> so like like that gives me a similar feeling of Ninja Scroll in some way. So like it just kind of takes me back to that. Anyway, uh oh Afro Samurai, oh my gosh. So good. So crazy good. And then, yeah, the Boondocks is legendary. As soon as it came out when I was in college, not just me, um, uh, uh, I had never seen before groups of people, different groups of people from different backgrounds stop to watch a black cartoon. Right. You know, like, and then quoting it the next day, uh, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, 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 oh, man, so powerful. Such a good show. Oh, my gosh. It truly, truly is. Yeah, man. Um, uh, uh, I I got to say, I think the episode where it's, uh, um, where they try to kidnap Oprah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, like, go back to that episode and rewatch some of those, like, fight sequences. Oh, my gosh. Such good animation because Huey's got, like, that taser glove. And so it's got the <laughs> sparks flying off of it. And he's fighting. I forget the dude's name, but he's supposed to be a play on, like, the OG martial artist, like, Jim Brown. Right. You know? Uh, uh, anyway, anyway. Um, oh, man, it's so dope. So dope. That that episode in particular is amazing. Anyway. That one, and I'm trying to remember, it was either a dodgeball or a kickball episode. Yeah. No, no, no. It's... um. I think it's kickball. I think you're right. I think it's kickball. Yeah, man. That one is so good. So, so good. Um, uh, oh, and then you, uh, I think you can't forget the uh, Grandpa versus Stink Meter fight. Right. <laughs> like, that animated fight was crazy. That one was crazy. Um, here's Okay, okay. Here's something, though, that I will say about 
maybe the storytelling of anime that it does so well that maybe it, it, it's able to grab different audiences in is that it is able to go from light to heavy very well. Right. Like, right. Like you're, you're going from a moment where it's like, you know, you feel relieved that people have just done the thing and they did it well to like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Right. Or like, right. Oh wow. This is so humorous to wow. That broke my heart. So, okay. I'll give you an example from like boondocks that definitely did it to me. Um, do you remember the episode where Riley um, uh, was like uh, vandalizing houses yep. with his art teacher, right? And then he and his art teacher like get into uh, a, a chase with the police and his art teacher like pulls out the gun and is like shooting at the police and everything while Riley gets away. And then at the end, you find out he did a giant painting of his parents that passed away on a house. Yep. Oh my gosh, man, that got me. Oh, that got me. I still remember that. Oh my goodness, dude. And I remember like going from like, ha 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 ha, this guy's hilarious. He's like Bob Ross. He's shooting. Bah, 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 bah. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh no, I gotta call my mom. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned, like, that tonal dissonance as well because, like, nowadays, like, especially I'd say the longer ones is where it was really left an impact on it as well. Like, I know there's, like, moments in Naruto in particular that people, like, still can look back to to this day. And the, even if it's, like, filler or if it's, like, a part of the story, it's, like, it can be, like, that humorous or you could get, like, that random dark story that happens in the episode after. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think if I, okay. I'll say not like in a moment went from light to like heavy, but I'm still not over Jiraiya Sensei. Right. You know? Um, and it's because I think he was such a, such a comic relief for so long in the story. Like he's just funny you know, even like the idea is like, yeah, you can make a contract with toads. Like, that's funny. Um, and and then because spoilers, he dies. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, yeah. That ripped my heart out. That ripped my heart out. And it also affirms that Kakashi is a terrible teacher. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe episode two or your next episode, whatever it is, Jeff, is like terrible teachers in anime. <laughs> Kakashi's right up there. <laughs> Kakashi could not control any of them students. They all went to go find new teachers after him. <laughs> not to mention, every time Kakashi got a fight, no matter how much respect he got, he lost. He lost! It's like, come on, cuz. Like, they will always be like, it's an honor to meet the copy ninja. <laughs> and every time oh you think it's going to go his way, he somehow loses. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly right. Hey, shout out to Kakashi. <laughs> You're terrible and at it's, your job. And it's funny seeing that, too, because, like, some audiences will be like, well, in defense, he took on, like, some of the top tiers of the series. And I'm like, bro, that still doesn't take away from the fact that he lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That doesn't take away from the fact at all. At all. Um, it also doesn't take away from the fact that, like, uh, uh, his his team almost got killed, like, pretty early right. on. <laughs> He was terrible at selecting missions. Like, he he was pretty bad. He was pretty bad at his job. Right. And it's funny seeing that, too, because, like, you can tell, like, even the senseis now take inspiration from that. Yeah. So it's like, even though he, <laughs> even, so it's like he still somehow leaves an impact despite being terrible at his job. And I think it's because of the moments where you do get to, like, know him and, like, his upbringing. Right, right, right. Well, I, okay. Kakashi failed upwards, right? Because right. he, like, was... Bad at a sensei. He wasn't the best Jonin either. He kept getting beat by people. That's fine. Um, he even lost that sharding guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in that stream, he ends up being Kage, which is like, all right, cuz. It's like, okay, okay, buddy. That's fine. Um, I mean, granted, they get it right afterwards. They get it right before him. But, oh, man. Kashi killing me, dude. Killing me. It's uh, too much pity vote. <laughs> too much pity vote for how he grew up. Anyway, yeah, and I just like I may and I just find that interesting because nowadays you got like 
you got like senseis like all might gojo yeah and demon slayer like all of the hashira sensei in some way mm -hmm. and then you can still see from it like they each take like that small bit of peace for like from kakashi but they're still able to be a unique character on their own like i'd say all might nowadays is still probably the most popular when it comes to like the new generation of teachers yeah yeah i would have to say that um i i gotta say though low key low key just i don't know man if, if you'll you know allow me to use this terminology he may be 1a but eraser head is 1b right you know like a <laughs> eraser head as a teacher is a legend yes. is a legend <laughs> oh my gosh he'd be saying stuff to those students and i'm like i gotta write that down I'm gonna show the sleeping bag. <laughs> All right, but now that we're reaching like this point in time, like, how can you see like the influence like of anime like post the big three era? Like, I know like One Piece is probably never gonna end in our lifetimes, and, <laughs> and Naruto has Boruto as a sequel, and now Bleach is back to like finish up its last arc, but. Yeah. How can you see like the industry like moving on like past the big three? Could you still could you see like the newer stuff being like still more newcomer friendly than that? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, I think we well, truthfully, not since Sailor Moon have we had a story centralized around a feminine female character um, that has like cracked the same thing that Naruto, Bleach. Sailor Moon, right? Something right. like that has. Uh, so I think we are due for an anime to catch us all by that wave. I would also argue we have not seen a slice of life anime reach the heights of a shonen anime, and that's something that that like I think we're we're ready to see as well, right? Like right. obviously there are huge hits out there, um, you know, Fruits Basket, you got it. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool. Um, but, but yeah, man, I think I think we're hitting a place now where where uh, a slice of life anime, um, uh, uh, an anime that has a more female centric, feminine centric character um, as the lead and the main protagonist is all stuff we're waiting to see. Um, and if anything, kind of like I think really set up a very interesting model of how to handle storytelling for a centralized uh, 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 feminine character. Like, you got to take a look at Legend of Korra. Um, right. The progression of that character, um, how they did both weave in her identity as, like, Avatar and as a a woman, both as a... As a, a what I think is like close to a teenager at the beginning of the series. And then as she reaches like that, that maturity and that young adulthood later on in the series, um, uh, uh, I think they, they did that in such a fascinating and very powerful way. Um, and obviously, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, really did the second part of the avatar very well. And I think got a lot of people excited about a part three. Um, so, you know, take a look at a, at a couple of those elements for sure. And then conversely, man, I would not be surprised if we see an anime from a non-Asian country really pop soon, you know? Right. Uh, just something that, like, is so popular. It goes back over to Japan, and it's like, wow, this is this is the move and a half. So, yeah, something that's like in that element. I think we're we're due for something like that here in the near future. Um and then like I think we're going to get to a place where the big 3 just are like I mean as if they're not already to some extent, but they're like on the TV like Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and it's like oh, yeah, it's Naruto again. It's that one where waterfalls you know like it's, <laughs> <laughs> don't matter uh, uh yeah man I, th I think we're gonna hit that place in the big three yeah and honestly it's funny that you mentioned that too because you can tell that there are currently like attempts to do that female-centric like action show whether current whether like currently through like disney as they tried with like amphibia and the owl house mm -hmm. but they were 
in which you could see them like gather an audience, but it's not able to like pop as big as like you could see one like an anime if that were to happen. And it's funny seeing that too because the peaks that Sailor Moon were able to reach, you think like of how Shonen is that it would be able to do that for Magical Girls as well, but yeah, surprisingly, it hasn't. It it is pretty interesting, right? Like how it hasn't. Um, how Sailor Moon has just like stood the test of time as its own and nothing has been quite able to capture the same feeling and, and popularity uh, for for a uh, not even just one character, a, an entire cast that right. is mostly female and, and feminine. Um, yeah, 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 that that is fascinating. Um, but like I said, man, I I think we're I think we're ready. I think we're ready. Uh, if Sailor Moon's already done it, there's got to be another something coming along. There's got to be. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, for all we know, like, right now, like, somebody's probably, like, already writing it in Japan. Is that It's probably just needs its chance to get animated. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would also say this, and this is something I am scared for. You know we're going to head to some live act, more live action stuff. Oh, I know. You know, just like... Bleach starring Ryan Gosling. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um uh you know, Samuel Jackson is Yamamoto. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see I feel like all it's gonna take is like that one that gets successful and then all the studios are gonna try and like replicate that. Oh wait. Oh wait. Like they're trying with one piece, but Oh, we know that that's another one that's probably not going to like achieve anything. It's just not going to do it, man, because they they just how do I say this? Um, I just think especially American studios really don't know how to translate some of the elements over into a live action. So, like, I don't think that in the live action one piece, Luffy really needs to have his shirt open with a scar on his chest the whole time because that that actually is going to be unrealistic when you translate it to a live action film because it's going to want a shirt buttoned up at some point or right another. you know like it's it, it's, it's just gonna make sense uh, uh 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 you know different things different things like that where it's like there's some things in terms of the animation and the presentation of the animation it's not going to make sense live action because we're thinking about it in a real world context even though we are totally sure none of these things can happen in the real <laughs> world right but there is some like like realism that our brains will want us to subscribe to when we see things translated into that form and i just think the american studios don't know how to pick through that quite yet they're like you know uh uh I, I think they're still in a place where they're like, we're trying to make it as accurate as possible, which is how they messed up Cowboy Bebop. Right. You know, that we want to make it as apples to apples in the anime with some slight deviation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and it, yeah, it, it didn't didn't do the thing. Right. Because I feel like what they try to do is that while they're trying to be accurate, it's like you can tell that they want like their own version of it. It's like. Just to let audiences know, like, hey, this is American Cowboy Bebop, in which we saw what they did to Faye Valentine. Which, man, that hurt me. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. That hurt me. It was, oh, I was so excited for it. I really was. And I was like, oh, cool. John Cho is Spike Spiegel. That's great casting. Solid casting. It did not. It, none of it was really great. Right. And then the moment they show Ed, that was something you knew that she was. <laughs> We could have played Ed. <laughs> <laughs> we could have traded scenes playing Ed. It would have been awesome. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think more live action stuff, actually. Um, the only thing I will say, though, about some of the live action stuff, did you ever watch the uh, the uh, Roroni Kenshin movies? I have. What do you think? Those, I'd say, have probably been the most accurate, which explains why they are the most popular live actions. I, I think that they're a lot of fun. I really enjoyed those. Um, again, like, there are some elements to it that it's like, okay, that's a little kitschy. Right. You know, whatever, whatever. But by and large, they did it pretty well. And I think that they, um, 
weirdly enough, dude. Okay, this is gonna sound weird. I was really impressed with the hair styles <laughs> of that movie because <laughs> they did get it kind of like the anime, but it didn't look like anime hair. Right. Right. It didn't look like over stylized cosplay. Um, it looked like no, this is somebody's hairstyle. <laughs> like they they wake up like this and they throw some water on it and then there you go. Um, so I yeah, I think they did do a good job with that. But Roroni Kitchen movies, um, in terms of live action, we're we're rad. Outside of that though, I don't know, man. I'm scared. <laughs> I feel like somebody's gonna get the idea because I feel like Pokemon. You think it would be the easiest to translate to live action. I mean, because essentially, Pikachu, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like outside of Detective Pikachu, you think it'd be easy to like follow the hero's journey for Pokemon yeah. and like make it like a live action film franchise for sure. But then I think they try to replicate it so much that they want to that they feel like they have to condense it. You know, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And um, uh, uh, I, I I would even say. Like, how do, how do I say this? Um, when it comes uh, 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 when it comes to Pokemon, I I I actually think it's more fun for people to always be viewed as the trainer, as the relationship when they interact with it. So, like in the games, I think the games are always popular because people are the trainers, right? right. And then people can follow like Ash Ketchum. But after a while, like, I even think Ash is a little tricky as a character because he, for the longest time, he wasn't evolving anything. And you and I both know in the games, we're evolving. Right. We're evolving these puppies. Like, uh, I'm getting stones. I'm evolving you as fast as I can. Uh, uh, we, we're trying to get buff and we're trying to beat everybody as fast as we can. So the fact that Ash isn't doing that, I think triggers the viewers and has them compare themselves as a trainer to ash and so when you're watching his journey you're not living vicariously through him you're you're living comparatively through him right uh, or i'm sorry or or against him and so um uh uh i think like when we're talking a translation in the live action whatever whatever we would not want a character that is maybe like, oh my gosh, look at this OP trainer. Or look at this person who's not doing like so hot, but they're going to develop and they're going to be awesome. You know, uh, uh, I think we want to always have somebody that we're like, oh, no, no, when I do this thing, I out strategize this main person every single time, <laughs> which is why we got Detective Pikachu and not like a trainer story. Right. But I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. But like, it's. You know, one of the constant memes is like Ash always gets beaten. Ash always gets beaten. And then the one time he didn't get beaten, which I just found out about two days ago, <laughs> he's retired. He's at the game now. He's a champion. And he's like, peace. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that fits the narrative. <laughs> and now, right, now that he's a champion, we're not following the story of the champion. We're resetting and following the start of somebody who is, like, developing. And so we get to be comparative again. Right. And in the future, it'll probably be fun seeing, like, how different their journeys, like, are. But right. we know that's, like, a long ways off. And... Oh, man, I hope this new character, though, like, third episode gets Mew. It just goes <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> Somebody whips out, like, three Charizards, and then she's like, that's cool. That's cute. <laughs> anyway. Well, thank you for your time today. Like, this was an amazing discussion. I'm glad I was able to do it with you. Man, I'm really happy too, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. It truly was. Any last comments you want to leave for, like, the audiences? Um, watch more anime. Uh, be careful what you show to your brothers and sisters. Uh, Food Wars is insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, y'all. See y'all until next time.